We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host tonight, Justin, as the Thunder beat the Washington Wizards 127 to 110. We are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. A fun game in Oklahoma City, as has been the theme of the year 2023. Oklahoma City at home in the year 2023 might be the best team in the history of basketball, if I do say so myself. Tonight's big win over the Wizards, combined with the big win over the Celtics. Impressive, impressive basketball from the Thunder and the Paycom Center to start this year. Five big takeaways from tonight. One, tenacious turnovers. Two, giddy up. Three, SGA, ASG. Four, double of all trades. And five, what can Lou do for you? But before we go through those, let's dive into our game summary. Oklahoma City wins by 17 points tonight. It got a little hairy at the end. Oklahoma City was in firm, firm control for 95% of this game. Oklahoma City outscores Washington 35 to 17 in the first quarter, 33 to 25 in the second. They had doubled up the Wizards at one point in the first half. Uh, just looked like an absolute annihilation. Oklahoma City shoots 54% from the floor and 50% from behind the arc in the first half, compared to 39% for the Wizards from the floor and 20% from behind the arc in the first half for the Wizards. Um, Oklahoma City also forces 11 turnovers on the Wizards in the first half for 24 points, which is impressive. Very impressive. Oklahoma City counters that with only two turnovers of their own compared to 18 assists in that first half. Just a clinic. 
I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. Oklahoma City was firing on all cylinders. All five starters scoring double figures tonight. Uh, the starters tonight were Shea, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, and Mike Mascala. Mike Mascala sneaks in the double-figure category at 10 points at the end of the night. But those other four, incredibly, incredibly impressive nights. And we're going to spend some time going through each of them. But overall, like I said, Oklahoma City not only dominant on the offensive end of the floor, but the defense as well. 17 points in the first quarter for the Wizards. Um, one of the one of the best defensive quarters for the Thunder all season to start this one out and really set the tone. The second half, like I mentioned, got a little more dicey. Wizards outscore the Thunder by three in the third quarter, scoring 38 points, which if you're doing math at home, they only scored 42 points in the first half and they score 38 in the third. So they they woke up a little bit. As NBA teams do, they uh, went up to the mean a little bit based off uh, some of their shooting averages in the first half. Things evened out, as they usually do. And in the fourth, the Wizards outscored the Thunder 30-24. to 24. But Oklahoma City weathered the storm. Washington was punching. Oklahoma City was absorbing the punches, and they were punching back. And that's what you love to see. You're not often going to win a game without any resistance in the NBA. It just doesn't really happen. You're not often going to get a wire-to-wire victory in which the other team just looks lifeless the entire time. It happens sometimes, uh, but it's rare. And Washington gave their blow, and Oklahoma City withstood it. And that's what you want to see from a young team, is to see that that, uh, resistance come up. You want to see the other team put up a fight. And you want to see your team be able to withstand that. And Oklahoma City did an excellent job of that tonight when the Wizards put up some resistance. Like I said, 127 to 110, the final score tonight. Not really in jeopardy. It never got so close that you really thought the Thunder might blow this thing. Like when Oklahoma City beat Dallas in Dallas and had that flurry of a comeback on the back of Isaiah Joe. It never reached that territory. It was a very comfortable win with very strong contributions all around. So let's dive in our first big takeaway tonight, tenacious turnovers. I touched on it a little bit going through the the first half summary final tally tonight for OKC 20 turnovers forced with 32 points off those 20 turnovers. Incredible. Um, Just tenacious on the defensive end of the floor. The thunder were everywhere. They were utilizing their length. This lineup has length all over the floor, despite not having a center. Them boys is long. And that that lineup that we had tonight, J-Dub, Shea, Giddy, Dort, and Muskie, that lineup's got some arm span to it. That That is, a, a as we've talked about, that's a very versatile lineup that can guard lots of different positions and make things difficult for opposing offenses. And we saw that in action tonight. Uh, as Nick Gallo so astutely pointed out, this is the fifth time the Thunder have hit the 30 points off turnover mark this season. That's impressive. That's very impressive stuff from Oklahoma City, and that's going to go a long way to winning games. If you can force 30 points off turnovers, you're going to win a lot of basketball games that way. Conversely, Oklahoma City only ended with 10 turnovers tonight. They only had two in the first half, which was amazing. They finished with 10, which is still great, especially compared to the 30 assists that Oklahoma City had on the offensive side of the ball. 
a really, really solid night. Like I said, on both ends of the floor, Oklahoma City taking care of the ball, Oklahoma City sharing the ball, and Oklahoma City forcing turnovers on the other end. Really, really well-rounded game as far as the turnover battle goes. Our second big takeaway tonight, giddy up. Josh Giddy tonight. Take a bow, young man. He had an excellent game. 20 points for Giddy. 9 of 16 shooting. 2 of 2 from behind the arc. 6 boards. 9 assists. 1 steal. I said it. I think the last time I post-game podcasted, the biggest thing that stands out with Giddy is the aggressiveness. I think I want to amend that to also add in the confidence. I think confidence is a good word to describe Giddy's game right now. Everybody knows that feeling when when the, you're hooping and it feels like you can't miss. You're riding the hot hand. That's what Giddy's kind of doing right now. He's been really hot lately. He scored 20 plus points in four of the last five games. His shooting is up. He's scoring more freely at the basket. Whereas at the beginning of the season, it felt like he kind of got pushed around when he was in the paint. Not so anymore. He's like remembered that he's enormous and he's using that to his advantage. And it's really encouraging to see from Josh Giddy, combined with the fact that like, don't tell anyone, but like, can Josh Giddy shoot the three? Is this, is this real? It may be too early to say it's probably too early to say, but the early returns on chip England looking pretty good. Giddy's up to 34.9 from behind the arc this year which is like 16 points better than what he was last year or something like that um incredibly impressive stuff from three for josh giddy in fact uh jacob and and john ham were going back and forth a little bit on twitter and john pulled the stat that in the 14 games since december 1st giddy's shooting 42.9 percent on three and a half attempts from behind the arc per game 42 and a half Sorry, 42.9% on three and a half attempts. That's like legit shooter stuff. Like that's that's not just like serviceable. That's like real good. Do I think Josh Giddy's like a career 42% three-point shooter? No, that'd be amazing. But even where he's up to now on the season at 35%, if Josh Giddy can give you 35% from behind the arc, that totally changes who he is as a player. That totally changes how defensives have to guard him. That changes his dynamic within the offense. And that probably opens up passing lanes quite a bit for him. And we know what he can do with a nice passing lane. We saw it on full display tonight. He had some filthy assists to Shea, to J-Dub, you name it. Uh, Josh Giddy was doing what Josh Giddy does tonight. And to have that scoring ability both behind the arc and aggressively in the paint to combine with all the oohs and ahs that we get in the passing game from Josh Giddy makes him a much, much different player than what we saw from him last season and even the early parts of this season. Nobody tell John Hollinger, though, um, in case you missed it. John Hollinger released an article today that did not have the best analysis of the Thunder. Color me shocked. Um, he said, and I quote, Josh Giddy is treading water. Uh, I don't think he's treading water. I think Josh Giddy is showing many signs of improvement in many areas of his game. And if you're paying attention, you see that. And it's very exciting to watch. I think the the 
best basketball of his career is in front of him. But what we've seen so far this season has been very, very encouraging. Big takeaway number three, S-G-A-A-S-G. If you're listening to the live stream, or if you happen to tune in on Friday night, it's triple voting day. Might be a good time to go cast another vote for SGA to make the all-star game. The fourth highest backcourt vote getter in the West, I might add, which honestly, I was kind of uh, shocked by. Uh, I think he deserves it. I think he's earned it. I did not expect it to be that high because the fan vote is usually stupid. Um, and so props to the fans for getting something right this time around the, the placement of SGA in the fan voting so far is highly encouraging and he's earned it. Like I said, tonight was no different. Another masterful game from SGA. He leads all scores with 30 points, obviously 12 of 23 shooting one of four from behind the arc, three boards, four assists, one steal and two blocks. Only five of six from the line. Somewhat low numbers for Shea. But we'll take it. SGA is playing on another planet this season. And everything he does every game uh, just continues to build on the last. How many 30-point games has he had this season? It's it's become commonplace for him. And to step back and think about his growth over the past four years in Oklahoma City, to be a walking 30-piece is pretty incredible. I love that the fans... Uh, are taking notice. Meekleek in the chat said he just voted. Unk615 said he already voted today. You love to see it. Everybody's getting on board the SGA all-star train. But like I said, he's he's earned it. I think what he's doing on the basketball court, you just can't deny it at this point. He has ascended to another plane, and it's something that we've kind of talked about every year with Chase. He keeps taking jumps. And every year I think, like, all right, surely there's no more jumps left. And then he does it again. So I'm very fascinated to see what next year looks like because he just keeps jumping. One of the things that stood out in particular tonight goes hand in hand with my last big takeaway. And that was the chemistry between Shea and Josh Giddy. This was a big conversation point in the off season. This was a big conversation point for most of last season of the Shea and Josh Giddy backcourt and how do they fit together and do they work together and Shea's plan A comments that sent everyone in a frenzy. Um, crazy, crazy stuff. But they played really well tonight together. And I think seeing the two of them on the floor playing off each other, it just really stood out to me, especially late in the game. There's a couple plays in particular. There was a pass pretty early in the third quarter where the Wizards came out and threw a punch I think they were on like an 11-3 run or something to that effect early in the third quarter. And Giddy found a cutting Shea for an easy bucket that was just really nice find. And it was kind of the first moment of the game where it's like, oh, that was really, really solid playing off each other by those two. And then even more important was later in the fourth, about five minutes left or so, there's a beautiful give and go. Like, feels like the ball barely stayed in anybody's hands for more than a breath. Uh, a give and go for an easy basket right down the lane. And that's what having two impeccable ball handlers playing next to each other can do. It's those types of plays that get you really excited about that pairing together. Yes, you can do the my turn, your turn turn stuff like we saw in the KD Russ years. We've seen it often with Giddy and Shea, 
where they just kind of take turns initiating the offense and the other one hangs out in the corner. But plays like that, where they're both involved, where they're both using their skills to complement each other, to play off each other, it it's impressive. And I think it's exciting when you look at this Thunder roster and how they're constructed and what the future holds. If you can get Shea and Giddy to complement each other, use their ball skills to help each other, to help the team, that becomes really tough to defend if you're a defense. You combine that with what you're getting out of J-Dub, what you're getting out of Dort right now, uh, what you can get out of Chet when he's on the floor, makes those two a really lethal combo. If they can continue to refine that, continue to evolve how they play off each other, it's going to be a very, very fun duo for years to come, and I think we got a really nice taste of that tonight against the Wizards. Takeaway number four. Can't believe I made it to four without talking about J-Dub. Takeaway number four is dub of all trades. We've talked about it a lot. I've talked about it a lot. J-Dub can do it all. And tonight was no different. Tonight put it on full display. 18 points, eight boards, three assists, and two steals for J-Dub. Just all over the floor. Doing everything all the time. He can dunk. He can shoot threes. He can have silky layups. He can make nice passes. He gets steals. He does it all. He does it all. He had some nasty dunks tonight. Nasty. He can elevate like nobody else on the team. I would love to see him in a dunk contest selfishly, though I did see Shaden Sharp today is going to be in the dunk contest, and that boy can fly. So this might not be the year to go up against Shaden. But J-Dub just continues to fill it up in every aspect of the game. Uh, speaking of dunks, though, this is also per Nick Gallo. 38 dunks in 35 games for J-Dub this season. I like that. I like that a lot. There's not anybody on this team that I think dunks with that kind of frequency, and it's probably been a couple years since the Thunder have had somebody that can dunk like that. He's bringing a new energy. I think he might even be inspiring Shea to dunk a little bit more. feels like Shea's getting above the rim more than he has. But what you love to see from J-Dub tonight and what we see from him a lot and what is so enticing about him as a prospect is the versatility on defense. <clears throat> he started the game tonight guarding Kristaps Porzingis. And, like, he didn't get cooked. Porzingis got buckets because he's Porzingis and he's going to get some buckets. But, like... Jadab did pretty well. And we've talked about it. Like this man can guard pretty much one through five. And, and we got the full taste of that experience tonight. When he's in a switch with Shea, he's not a liability when he gets put on the, on the point. Shea got cooked when he got switched onto Chris Stapps a couple times, but again, that's to be expected. But Jadab, who can he guard? Like what can't he do out there? And this man's a rookie. He's a rookie. I somewhat facetiously. Okay, it was facetious. I tweeted that uh, the Thunder got the best rookie in the class and they got Chet. But like, really, think about where the Thunder drafted him, what the expectations were and how he's playing this season. Like, if Paolo's not as good as Paolo has been, is he getting rookie of the year buzz? Maybe. He probably deserves it. He's probably not getting it, but he probably deserves it. And that's nuts. 
this is just one of those other like Presty and team evaluation gems that they found with J-Dub. And I'm honestly just flabbergasted at how good he's looked so soon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Taylor tweeted it tonight. Our guy Taylor. Um, we we've been talking a lot about okay, Thunder have a TNT game next week. Who's gonna show out? Who's gonna get the national media talking? Shea's gonna drop a fifty piece, but like J Dub, man, J Dub's gonna get people fired up. People that have not seen J Dub play this season, assuming he does anything remotely like what he did tonight, he's gonna get some people fired up on NBA Twitter, and it's gonna be magnificent. Um, he's just a fun, fun player with such a depth of skills that I think is going to be very, very important to this team for a long time. We actually got a, a Twitter question about this tonight uh, from our guy Meek Leak. Is J-Dub now untradeable? Honestly, yeah, I think so. Like you look at this team of the untradeables, it's Shea at the top, obviously. Chet also at the top. And then I think it's J-Dub. Like, that's where I'm at right now. And maybe that's irrational, but I think that's where I'm at in in terms of the pecking order of this team in the future. I think he's right behind Shea and Chet. The potential is off the charts. The skills are off the charts. The way he could fit with a variety of different players in a variety of different positions, I think he's going to be incredibly, incredibly valuable to this team moving forward. So that, I, I, I agree. I think he's untradeable. Okay, I could spend a whole pod talking about J-Dub. We got one more point to get to. Point number five, what can Lou do for you? Speaking of guys who can kind of do it all, we had a really nice showcase from Lou tonight. Uh, A well-rounded game on the floor from Lou. In 23 minutes, he scores 18 points, six of eight shooting, three of four from behind the arc, six boards, four assists, one steal. And some of those buckets for Lou, very, very timely. The the little mini comebacks that the Wiz were doing in the second half, Lou Dort comes in and he hit some big shots. 
that kind of deflated that run a little bit for Washington. Really solid game from Lou and like those timely baskets, like I mentioned. Again, that's that's a dimension to Lou's game that if you can count on him for a bucket in a pinch, Oklahoma City's not had players like that consistently over the years, especially not at that two spot. Somebody that can defend at a world-class level like Lou can, one of the best defenders in the NBA, and deliver on the offensive end makes him very, very valuable to this team. And tonight, that was on on display for Oklahoma City. He he had some very big buckets in crucial times that really helped secure the win for Washington. I love Lou. Watching a game like tonight and really most of the season, you start to wonder, Lou versus J-Dub, is that going to be a question that gets asked in this front office at some point? Especially looking ahead. Oklahoma City adding another potential, hopefully, probably, lottery pick next season to go with Chet, to go with Shea, to go with Giddy, to go with J-Dub. Where does that fit in? I think Luke could be the odd man out, could be a sixth man. Who knows? But I think that Lou's kind of fit in the starting lineup may not look the same in the future as it does today. Um, it's it's a question we're going to be asking for, for the months ahead and years ahead, potentially. But tonight, I think you got the best of Lou Dort. You got exactly what you want from him on a very, um, very necessary night where you needed that from Lou. He was a big part of this win for Oklahoma City. So you can't deny what he brings now, but I think looking ahead, to the future it'll be a, definitely a question that'll get asked over and over player of the game tonight i gave it to j-dub you could honestly give it to any of the four people we talked about but j-dub like i said really filling up the stat sheet in all facets of the game and he's just so much fun he's so much fun to watch i can't get enough I'm buying all the j-dub stock Let's dive into some more questions. We already hit one. If you have questions and you haven't put it in the chat yet, do so now. We have a few others that I want to get to. From our uh, our buddy Cheshire Cat on Twitter, are you finally enjoying calling games since you're on a win streak? And how much can you take away from games like this and Boston? I am very much enjoying calling games. Um, I used to be what Silva's experiencing the last season and a half or so Silva gets all the bad losses that used to be me for like two years. All the bad losses were my games. I've had some nice wins this season. It's definitely a lot easier to talk about when you're not losing by 40 and playing nobody. So very grateful for that. As far as what you can take away from games like tonight, in Boston. Well, obviously Oklahoma city is the greatest team in the NBA. That's the takeaway. No, really, what the takeaway is, is I think it's a sign of growth of this team where they can hang with anybody on any given night. They've kind of always had that aspect ever since the teardown began. They were always that team that, like, you can't snooze on them. You can't take a night off. They're going to bite you. If you're going to load manage all your guys, Oklahoma City's going to get a win. And they've always had that aspect. But I feel like what's different this year than maybe in years past is it doesn't have to be the night where you let everybody rest. Boston was full strength. That was a darn good team that came into Oklahoma City and got their butts kicked. That's the difference. That's the sign of a team that's on the on the precipice of something great 
and I think showcasing what they're capable of. The win in Dallas against the Mavs is another great example of that big comeback where you're going toe-to-toe with Luka, who should be the MVP. And you take the blow and you punch back with Isaiah Joe of all people. But I think it, it's showcasing the progression of this team. You're still going to have ups and downs. You're going to lose to Charlotte randomly. It's not going to be perfect, but it's those moments that show the true progression that I think this team is making. Next question on Twitter from Luke Carney says, how's this for a starting five next season? Giddy, Shay, Chet, Data, J-Dub, and insert lottery pick or Poku. Can't forget about Poku as he's injured. He's been playing great basketball this season. Um, but insert lottery pick here sounds very, very nice to that starting lineup. Also, like I mentioned about Lou and his role, Luke did not include Lou in that starting lineup. But I think like you're seeing the pieces, right? You saw him tonight, minus Chet, minus whatever other lottery pick we get. I think that's what's crazy to think about is like, forget the injury and put all that aside and think of it as like Oklahoma City bringing in two top lottery picks next season to this team in Chet Holmgren and whoever they select. And it's, man, it's hard not to get tingly in my Pringly when when you think about things like that. Like, that's just so much fun. Next year's going to be a blast. I don't want to get too far ahead. We're only like halfway through this season, but it's hard not to be excited about the future when you have that to look forward to. Very, very exciting uh, future ahead and some very fun lineups ahead, especially I'm a sucker for the idea of Chet and Poku next to each other. Going through the chat here, some more questions. Another one from our guy, Meek Leak. When do we start getting concerned that we probably won't make the playoffs, but we also probably won't get a decent pick? Or should we just be happy that we're improving? <laughs> I think before this last like week of Thunder basketball, I was still very much in the camp of like, this team's trending towards stacking lottery chips. And the Poku injury had a factor in that. Like it, it just felt like the right time, but this darn team just keeps winning. They shouldn't have beaten the wizards. Like they beat them tonight, but they did. And so it's going to be really tough to see, like looking at where this team stands in 10, 15 games, getting heading towards the all-star break. A choice is going to have to be made. And I think where they stand after that stretch of games will be very telling as far as where the rest of the Thunder season will go. I personally, as much fun as games like tonight are, I don't necessarily want to see Oklahoma City in the play-in. It'd be so much fun for a night. And then win or lose, I'd probably wake up the next morning and be like, well, kind of wish we just had better lottery odds. That's where I'm at. Um, so I hope I hope they trend towards more lottery odds, but nights like tonight and nights like the Boston game are still a lot of fun. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna forsake those just for some hypothetical better odds or better odds at a hypothetical player, I should say. The odds are are real. They are not hypothetical. <laughs> um, let's see here. Do we have any more questions in the chat? If you want to get it in, now's your chance. Equal Yinrak asks, can we vote for the NBA All-Star Game in Australia? 
Uh, I believe you can. I am not an expert in that. Territory. Okay, a man right below that says yes, you can. So I'm going to trust a man. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. So yes, near, far, America or abroad, get your votes in for Shay. Equal. One more question. A great one from him. With the class of the last few rookies that play so well, I think you have to put a lot of it down to coaching as well as skill. Giddy last year and now J-Dub. Opportunity must also play a part. That was actually not a question, but a great comment nonetheless. Um, I think that this development staff and the culture and the system that these guys are, are playing in makes a huge difference. Just look at Houston. I would not be excited to be a Rockets fan right now. And I know it's like low-hanging fruit for the Thunder fan to crap on the Rockets fans, but the comments that come out of that team, like Eric Gordon talking about how there's been no improvement, like can you imagine something like that happening on the Thunder? Because it just wouldn't. That's just not the type of organization they are from top to bottom. The things that happen in Houston just would absolutely never happen in Oklahoma City. It's it's bizarre. Um, and when you watch them play, it just feels like there's not a great path forward. It's it's tough. Um, but I think it makes you very thankful as a Thunder fan for the organization as a whole and what they're doing with these young guys because it's got to be more than just gathering up a bunch of talent. Yanni asks, last, one, last question for the night. Yanni asks, when will this team be a top three seed in the Western Conference? Two years. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to be next year. Next year, I think they get in the playoffs. They probably don't get home court but they're they're going to be in the playoffs. And I would even go as far to say, like, I think there's a decent chance they avoid the play-in as part of that playoff push. But in two years, Shea's in the middle of his prime. Chet's got a couple years under his belt. J-Dub's got a few years under his belt. Poku's put on, like, 60 more pounds. Look out. Look out. It's going to be fun. Looking ahead for Oklahoma City, Coming off of tonight's win over the Wizards. Next up on the schedule, they play the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday. Then they travel to Miami to face the Heat in that TNT national TV game before heading to Philly on Thursday, Chicago on Friday, and Brooklyn next Sunday. A nasty stretch of basketball awaits. That is five tough opponents that lie ahead. Like I said, See where this team is in a couple weeks. It's going to be tough. They've got a long road ahead, especially being undermanned. If somehow they come out of this with a, a winning record out of that stretch of five, then shoot, we might be going to the finals. But we'll see. Much more ahead for Oklahoma City. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight. Uh, if you don't already, like I said, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sub to our YouTube channel. Follow us on all the social medias. And come hang out Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central, for our weekly show where we're going to talk big picture themes and the week ahead for Oklahoma City. We get the whole gang together, so don't miss that. 9 p.m. Central, Sunday night. I'm Justin. You can follow me on Twitter at OKC Tracker. Really appreciate you all in the chat. Appreciate you all uh, that followed along on Twitter with me. Had a blast. Until next time, 
And as always, thunder up.